Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. God is so good. His presence so real. Acts 10, 38 this evening. There's a great need arising in the world for a healing revival. Man has put his hand into things, the medical field, that's bringing much destruction to the earth. That's, that's not my opinion. That's something that's talked about in the Bible, talked about in the Word of God. And I, my opinion is, is, is everything that man tries to do now because he is so aligned with the kingdom of darkness when it comes to our health is going to be negative. You say, well, that's not a good confession. Well, I've got faith in God. That's who I've got faith in. Amen. And listen, let me just say this. There's no part of the world in its system that looks out for your best interest. I'm going to tell you the bottom line. You ready for this? They want to make money. They want to make money. And they'll make money at our expense. They really don't care. And we have to be very careful to navigate our health through the coming weeks, months, and years ahead. And we need to hear from God in our spirit man to know what to do and what not to do. Amen. Acts chapter 10, I like this scripture, verse 38. Let me read it first in the King James. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Everybody say Holy Ghost and power. Now notice this, it says, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, this, this shows us in the Word of God that sickness and disease is spiritual oppression, excuse me, is demonic oppression. Amen? And I don't care under what banner man tampers with sickness, say, well, we, you know, we're developing uh, these powerful weapons of war, and I don't care how they put their hand on diseases, if they're messing with diseases, creating diseases, enhancing diseases, weaponizing diseases, they're cooperating with the devil. They're cooperating with his oppression. Same thing's true. You could go to the pharmaceutical realm. Men that are, men that are growing and producing and, 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 and distributing and smuggling and selling all of these, these narcotics and these drugs that not, all of them do have some benefit to man, but they're using them to, to addict and to hold people in bondage. And in, Listen, it, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And the worst, do you know the worst? You know the worst drug to be addicted to? Does anybody know? It's alcohol. It's the one that's legal, the most legal. I mean, alcohol will wipe you out. It'll wipe. And people, they stay alcoholic for years thinking, thinking there's nothing wrong. But in reality, their life is just, it's just deteriorating. You ever wonder why they call it spirits? There's a reason. That spirit get on you. Get in you if you're not careful, amen. I heard a guy say, "What?" He said, uh, uh, "Beer makes you stupid, wine makes you melancholy, and whiskey makes you mean." 
If you don't believe that, go to Ireland with me sometime. Let me read this in the, in the uh, I like this in the Passion Bible. Let me find it here. Verse 38. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power, I love this, he did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. He's got a little icon out there. It's a letter to the side. And you go back and you look at the original, what this original Greek say. The word devil means the slanderer and the liar. Amen. The slanderer and a liar. For God anointed him. We apostles were all witnesses to that miracle, to the miracles he performed throughout the land of Israel. And finally in Jerusalem, he was crucified on the cross. Now go, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And, and read there in verse, verse 54. Make sure I'm in the right chapter here. It says this, and came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. When he was coming to his own country, everybody say own country. That means where he was from. He taught them in their synagogues insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not his mother called Mary, his brother and James and Joseph, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? They talked themselves out of the healing power of God. It says in his sisters, all they not with us. Whence then hath this man all these things? Now notice this. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They talked themselves out of the power of God. Listen. He was up there teaching and preaching with an anointing, with power, and they're going, oh my God, we've never heard anything like this. This is awesome. This is awesome. Then they did this. Well, it's just Jesus. They talked, them, they talked themselves out of the power of God. Let me read it to you. In the, I like it in the, uh, here in the Message Bible. It says, when Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. Everyone was dazed and overwhelmed and astonished over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They said one to another, where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous power? Now listen, isn't he just the woodworker's son? Isn't his mother named Mary and his four brothers, Jacob, Joseph, Simeon, and Judah, and his sisters all live here in Nazareth? How did he get all this revelation and power? And the people became offended and began to turn against him. Jesus said, there's only one place a prophet isn't honored. That's in his own hometown. And their great unbelief kept him from doing any mighty miracles in Nazareth. Now, this shows us something very unique here. That the word of God is going forth. And I would, I would agree, and I hope you would agree also, in the most powerful way it could. The Word is preaching the Word. That's why it was so powerful. That was why it was so anointed. The living Word of God was preaching the Word of God. Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven and hear that. Oh, man, how awesome that's going to be. I heard a guy, he had a heaven experience, and he said he went to a meeting, and, uh, and uh, the, guy, the, the, the guy who created the, the Methodist, uh, oh, what's, he, what's his name? John Wesley. He said John Wesley preached. And then he said, uh, 
uh, all one of the other great, great, he named three great preachers from, from, from history. From, and he said, then Jesus got up and finished it off. I'd like to be in that meeting, amen. But now he's preaching and teaching. Now listen, listen. He's preaching and teaching the very anointed word of God that could get every one of them healed, every one of them delivered, every one of them set free. So in between the time he quits preaching and wants to begin to minister, what happens? Well, I'm telling you what happened. They talked themselves out of God's healing power. They talked themselves out of it. Listen, you can't talk yourself out of being healed. Don't ever do that. Confess the word of God. Stand in faith. Has, have hands laid on you. If you want to be anointed with oil, we'll anoint you with oil. Whatever it takes. You stand, you believe God, you believe you receive. You don't back off and you don't let anything talk you out of the power of God when it comes to the health of your body. Now, quickly, go to, go to 2 Kings chapter 5 real quick. Whoops. I'm glad that wasn't opened. 2 Kings. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture. We haven't looked at it in a while, but it, it'll really help you understand how this operates and how many times God's power is present to heal, but we're not present to receive. Or we're not in a position to receive. What is so amazing about 2 Kings chapter 5, the story of Naaman the leper, is that Naaman had no right under the covenants of God to be healed. He had no right. And he got healed anyway. But I tell you, he had to go through something. He had to go through something in order to get healed. Pick it up where the... Where the Verse 9 would be a good place to pick it up without going. We know that he's a great general. He's a general of the armies of Syria. He has leprosy. Of course, that could right there, that takes away his career, takes away his family, takes away his life. So he's looking to be healed. Thank God for people who still, when they're in the trauma of life, they're still witnesses. He had people there witnessing to him, even though they were captive, even though they were slaves, they were still witnessing. Amen. So he got information that there was a prophet in Israel. Now notice verse 9 says, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now notice this. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now here's the thing. When Elisha sent the servant and said, Go tell Naaman to dip in the Jordan River seven times. That doesn't mean the Jordan River is anointed. There's no healing power in the Jordan River. Actually, Naaman brings that out here in just another scripture. So when he begins to name other rivers where he's from that are much better. Jordan River many times tended, many times tended to get very muddy looking with the red dirt that's in Israel as it would rain and run off into the rivers. Many times it would look sometimes like our Colorado or Brazos or, or, or one of the rivers of, of southeastern uh, Texas once it gets kind of close to the coast, how they get all muddy. Ever seen them like that? That's how the Jordan River looks a lot of times during the year. So where was the healing power? Because there had to be healing power because he ends up healed. The healing power was in the Word Go dip in the Jordan River seven times and you should be whole. So God encapsulated in that word all the healing power that Naaman needed. But Naaman almost, almost talked himself out of it. Now notice what happens. 
It says, but Naaman got mad. He was wroth. That's King James. What's it say in the Amplified here? Let me find it. But Naaman was angry. Let me read it in the Amplified. But Naaman was angry and went away. Now notice this. Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place and heal the leper. Had it all figured out in his mind how it was going to... Now he's, he's thinking this. He's... He's reviewing this scenario and he's using what he thought to talk himself out of being healed of leprosy. So I can be angry and I can think and I can have leprosy. Or I can get healed of my anger. Amen. And I can start thinking right and I can just do what the Word says and I'll be healed. You know, let me just say this, church. And I've, I've been healed so many times in my life God never made it complicated. It was never complicated to get healed. I fought a, a terrible disease in the early 90s and just fought it and fought it, and the fight went on for months, but it was so simple. What to do was so easy. I had to stand on the Word. I had to confess the Word, and to the very best of my ability, I had to act like I was healed. I mean, you, 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 you fly nine or ten hours on an airplane, with your head throbbing and your throat feel like it had been rubbed out by a brush and, 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 and your, your nasal passage is just swollen up and then go and hit the ground and spend nine or ten days preaching two and three services a day. That is not very comfortable. But there are times you have to just stand in faith and act like you're healed and act like you're healed and act like you're healed. And I tell you what, I was in a quandary because during those months of September, October, November, and then December of 1993, I was preaching meetings, laying hands on the sick, and people were getting healed right and left. And I'd go back to the hotel room, and let me tell you what I did. I suffered. I suffered. But there are times when you have to make suffering a badge of faith. And you just keep moving from one day to the next, to the next, to the next. I still, to this day, never forget. Landing in Hawaii. I'd been to Ireland. I'd come home from Europe, and that's when the symptoms hit me. I'd been in Haiti. And so in Haiti, I picked this thing up. And I'd been in Europe, and the symptoms came on me. And then I stood in faith. And I, I'm like this, church. I asked God, God, okay, what is it? We, we doing this the doctor way, the hospital way? That we're doing this the pharmaceutical way? Uh, do I go to my pastor, have him lay hands upon me? Do I need to go to a healing crusade? What do I need to do? And I remember the Lord speaking to me. Every time I'd ask him, stand on the word, stand on the word, stand on the word. Other times he told me, have your pastor lay hands on you. Other times he told me, go, go to the, we're the healing, healing evangelist as well, the, the, the prophet of God, Brother Hagen. He, he, he uh, laid hands on me one time and God healed me. healed me of something. I hadn't had any symptoms since. But this one he just kept saying, now stand on the word. Stand on the Word. And I stood on the Word. Stood on the Word. Stood in September, October, November, December, and suffered. Suffered. Suffered terribly. And I remember flying to January of 1994, flying to Hawaii. And, I, you know, I was pretty excited because, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to go get in some warm air. I'm going to feel so much better. And the warm air didn't heal me. I hit the ground. Friday evening and on Saturday I did two meetings I did three meetings on Sunday and on Sunday night when I got back to my hotel room 
My phone rang, and it was a friend of mine wanting to take me surfing the next day. And uh, I like to go surfing as much as anybody else. And i never forget, as he was talking on the phone, how my mind was turning, just like Nathan's mind. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. And I'm thinking this. This man knows me. This man was in one of my meetings today. I was at his church. He was there. We had a great time. Uh, he knows that I, that I hit the ground running, that I've preached all these meetings. All I have to do is tell Clement, Clement, I'm tired. Give me, a, you know, give me a couple of days. I'll give you a call when I want to go. And that's all going. This whole scenario of what I'm going to say is in my mind, and I'm, and I'm just re getting ready to, to build the sentences and tell him. And in my spirit, those words just popped up. Healed men go surfing. And I thought to myself, oh, my God. And I'll never forget getting up that next morning. I felt... I felt so bad. I drove through the McDonald's uh, drive-through right as the sun was coming up, got a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit and a glass of tap water. Didn't finish either one. Got there. Clem's there with a bunch of his friends. He's introducing me around. And I tell you, I was weak. We surfed for a while. I bought him lunch. We went to a place called Duke's and had lunch. I ate probably three bites, four bites. Drove all the way back to the west side. Went to my hotel room and rolled up like a burrito in the covers. And I was shaking so bad when I fell asleep. And I fell asleep about four in the afternoon. And I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning and I did not have one symptom in my body. And I hadn't had a symptom of that since then. But I'm gonna tell you, it was a fight of faith. Sometimes you have to fight. Naaman's got it in his mind. That, no, 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 that, that, that's, that's not the scenario. That's, no, 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 I, I need to go to a Benny Hinn crusade. No, no, I need, to, I need to be anointed with oil at Island Church. No, 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 no. The, the, the prophet said, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and your flesh is going to come whole on you again. Amen. Now, thank, thank God for people who are around us that will speak into our lives. Now listen, listen, his anger comes out and his reasoning ability. Listen to his reasoning ability. Naaman was mad or he was wroth, went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not the Abarnai and Fafar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. That means he is demonstrating his anger. And I bet you he was suffering. I just would imagine that leprosy is a, is a disease that would really make you suffer. Amen? So now he's got his reasoning ability, he's got all of his thoughts, he's got his anger, he's got his rage, and he has leprosy. He hasn't been healed. But now notice this. And his servant came near, his servants came near and spake unto him and said, you know who your servant is? You know who it is? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God that can come into you and say, well, just do this, or just do that, or quit doing this, or quit doing that. Literally, that's what the Spirit of God is designed to do. His servants came near and said unto him, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when, the, when he saith unto thee, why should be clean? He went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, in the Word is something that might help us. In the Word was the Word 
Go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Now we could get into numerology and the number of God, but that, that, I really don't put much stock in that. But God was saying this. There's something repetitious I want you to do. There's something I don't want you to do at one time or two times or three times or four times or five times or six times. I want you to do it seven times. I'll tell you, God's ways are beyond our ways. One scripture says they're past finding out. That means even when they work in your life, you can't figure out how they worked. And so he said, not one time, not five times, seven times. Now, why not three times? Why not ten times? What, do, what does that number, does it signify? Is there something special about seven? No. All it was was his instruction and his healing was dependent upon his obedience. Now, here's what you need to hear. If God was willing to give detailed instruction to a man outside the covenant of outside the old covenant that had no covenant right to be healed, think what he'll do for you today. Have you ever asked him, Lord, how am I going to get healed in this? Healing is mine. How am I going to appropriate it? Healing is mine. Lord, what do I do? Do I go down? Do I go down the next seven services and have hands laid on me? Do I go to the doctor three times? It's amazing if you'll allow the Spirit of God. I had a twisted my back. Oh, this is back in the mid-90s. And I was hurting bad. And I was fixing to have to drive about five hours to a meeting that if I would have flown to the meeting, it'll took me all day. So I decided to go ahead and drive. And so I was praying. And I said, Lord, I, this, this is... I mean, it was my lower back, and it was just painful. I couldn't get comfortable in bed. I was losing sleep. And I said, Lord, I, I need to, what do I, what do? I do? What, how, do I, how, do I, how do I appropriate what already belongs to me? I believe I'm the healed of God. I was making confession, healing scriptures, declaring my health, declaring my And the Lord spoke to me. He said, uh, go, go have your pastor lay hands on you. Now, when I was praying that prayer, I was walking in a church praying, and the only other person in that church was the pastor. So we were both walking, and we were about halfway across the auditorium from each other. So I just caught up with him and stopped him, tapped him on the shoulder, said, lay hands on me, and I'll be healed. He said, well, what's wrong with you? I said, my, man, I've got a lot of pain in my back. I said, lay hands on me, and I'll be healed. Man, I mean, he more, he more, his hands no more touch my head than the power of God went through my body from my top of my head to the crown of my feet, and I was totally healed. You say, well, how come? That's because God told me that's what I needed to do. Any instruction that God gives you, when it comes to the health of your body, obey it and do it, and healing will come into your body. Now, the difference between Naaman and the crowd that was there at, there at Jesus' hometown was this. Here's the Son of God in manifestation, anointed by the Holy Ghost. You can get anything from him. All you have to do is believe. He's raised the dead. He's healed the lepers. He's healed the blind. He's healed the lame. He's fed the thousands. He's done signs, wonders, and miracles. And he's up teaching the Word of God like no one can teach it. The power of God was present to heal. Did you know the power of God can be present to heal and not heal? 
We were, we were in a meeting one time years ago. It was a men's meeting at a large Assembly of God church up in Houston. My brother went with me, and we went up there, and, and I gave my testimony. I'd only been in the ministry. I bet I hadn't been in the ministry two to three years, maybe three years. I think we were just, me and I were just married. So this would have been 1986, 87, right in there. And so uh, I gave my testimony. I sensed a real healing anointing begin to flow in to the place. And I'm telling you, God began to give me words of knowledge. I began to call them out. People began to come up, and people began to be healed. Powerful manifestation of healing. And a man was sitting on the second row, and I knew this man. This man used to go to church with us at First Assembly of God in Pasadena. And the Spirit of God was moving so precisely, I turned to him, I called him by name, Brother So-and-so, and I said, you know, you've got a real issue with your back. Some vertebrae right in the middle of your back are literally deteriorating, causing you a lot of pain, but God wants to heal you. I'll never forget this as long as I live. He looked up and says, yeah, I know. The doctors diagnosed me of that, but I can live with it. And I'm telling you, like a bird flying off my shoulder, the tangible presence and the anointing of God went right out that door. I just shut the meeting down sat down. Wasn't nothing else you could do. Power was power of God was present to heal. Power of God was present to heal. Anytime the Word of God is taught, the power of God is present to heal. Amen? All you have to do is quit trying to reason. Quit trying to reason. Don't talk yourself out of the healing anointing of God. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. That anointing's here, here right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, would anybody here understand this term? A trick knee? Does anybody understand that term, what that means? Who has a trick knee? You do? Stand up. Anyone else? Lift your hand. Which knee is it? What does that mean? So it's, lift your hands. Father, right now, your power is present to heal. We release that anointing right now to go in. Holy Ghost, you said, trick me. So we say, trick me, be healed in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you that that healing virtue goes into Trey's leg right now, makes that adjustment that he believes he receives. He has it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, another, another thing, the Lord. You have extremely dry skin. Now, I know there's a condition, but it's, it's not that condition. What is that condition they call that? Sir, it's not that, though. It's not that. Well, that's all he, the Lord Spirit of God said. It's not, it's not, say it again with that. Yeah, it's not psoriasis. It's not that. So whatever else it could. But you have just, just this extremely dry skin. It just, it, it just flakes off of you. I mean, it's just, I'm, it's terrible. You know, there was, a, we were at a meeting one time. And this is show you how the, how the Spirit of God works. There was the, it was actually the pastor's wife. 
And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. And you th you'd think this is very vain, you know. But the word of knowledge was this. There's some lady in here right now, and you have the ugliest fingernails. So you keep them cut down to the quick. And even down to the quick, you just glob paint on them so people can't see them because they're so ugly. Well, the pastor's wife started shouting. Remember that? Hallelujah. That's me. The next time we came, the first thing she did was go like this. Remember that? And she had these beautifully manicured fingernails. And she said, God did a miracle in my fingernails. Amen. So if that's you, if you've got that real dry skin, stand up on your feet right now. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. That's George. Anybody else? There's more than one. Lift your hands, George. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that his skin responds to the anointing of God. And we say to that skin, be healed in Jesus' name. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, no more sloughing off, no more dry patches, no more. No, we thank you in Jesus' name at its very root cause. Thank you, Father, for your healing power. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now we thank you for it, Father. Now lift your hands and thank God. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if you've got a problem in any organ of your body, if it's in your kidneys, in your liver, your heart, your lungs, your pancreas, what else would there be? What's that? Your brain? Gallbladder? In any organ of your body, if you know that there's something that's awry in that organ, I want you to stand on your feet right now. Stand on your feet right now. Thank you, Lord God. Now lift your hands. Lift your hands. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke every condition that is trying to set up residence in the organs of God's people. Pancreas, liver, lungs, heart, Reproductive organs, bladder, digestive organs, stomach, intestines. In the name of Jesus, be healed now in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we release that anointing by faith. Thanking you that that anointing touches every organ of the body. And Lord, we thank you that even some new organs are going to be given. Some new organs are going to be given. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We had a, had a, you can be seated, had a man in Ireland. Amazing testimony. I, I, I really didn't know the depth of what had happened. It took several years. We were in a meeting over there. We always, you know, we would split up and each one of us would take a night meeting. Most conferences, I got two night meetings and then everybody taught during the day because we did day services and afternoon services. This one, it fell on me to do a 9 o'clock service. 
I walked in, there's three or 400 people sitting in there. A man sitting on the very back, leaning back against the wall in his chair. And I just opened the Bible to teach the Word of God. The Spirit of God spoke to me. I said, this man sitting in this chair, leaning against the wall, God's going to give you a brand new heart. Then I said, turn to John chapter 3 or whatever scripture I was using. Just went on teaching the Word of God. Never thought nothing about it. You know, and I, my thinking is, you know, maybe something in his heart. Maybe he's offended. Maybe, I had no idea. So for several years, we kept getting this invitation from Killarney, Ireland, which is all the way on the West Coast. And man, their brogue is so strong. I can, I've got to listen real hard just to hear what they're saying. That's how strong that Irish brogue is there. So Brandon Hay, the pastor of Victory in Dublin, Ireland, put me on a train. And I got to ride the train across Ireland on a beautiful spring day, just beautiful as it could be. And so I really didn't know who was picking me up. And so I figured the person knew who I was. So I got there, and here comes this, I would say he was probably in his 60s, man walking up to me, talking to that strong Irish brogue. And so he introduced himself, pastor so-and-so, all this type of stuff. And so we're driving down the road, and we got about five minutes, six, seven minutes down the road. And he looked at me and said, you don't know who I am, do you? I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> he said, five years ago, I was at Black Rock at a conference. He says, you were teaching on a Monday morning. He said, I was leaning back in a chair on the back wall. And he said, you spoke to me, pointed your finger, spoke to me, said, God's going to give you a brand new heart. He said, I was scheduled for a heart transplant. He said, my heart was so diseased. They, were, they, they told me I had, I had one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. He said, the next time I went to the doctor, they began to do the, 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 the test. They kept me constantly monitored because I was on the transplant list. So they kept me constantly monitored. So I went in one day for one of those checkups. And he said, I noticed where they usually would check me and they'd go out and they'd come back in and I'd, I'd go home, I'd go pick up medication and go home. He said, I noticed they didn't come back 30 minutes, an hour. And he said, when they did come back about an hour and a half later, he said there was five doctors with them. And they said this. They said, now listen, we want to give you some more tests. So they gave him some more tests. And so at the end of the day, he said, I'd been there like six, seven hours. He said, at the end of the day, they walked in, and this is what they said. They said, who are you? Then this is what the doctor said. This is what the doctor He said, God has given you a brand new heart. Amen. Well, listen, God made the heart. He's smart enough to make a heart. He's smart enough to make a liver. He's smart enough to make a kidney. He's smart enough to make any organ of the body because he made ours. So he knows how to heal them, and if he doesn't want to heal them, he can remake one. There was a man who used to go around full gospel businessman. I heard him. I was preaching down in, 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 in on South Padre Island at a conference down there years ago, and he was giving his testimony on a morning, morning session. And he was, a, uh, he was a banker, and he lived a terrible life, and he smoked, and he drank, then he got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and his heart was just destroyed. He was taking all kind of medication. He had a, 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 a pacemaker in. He had all this kind of stuff. And he said he went to a meeting, and it was a Catherine Kuhlman meeting, and he said he was ministered to, but he didn't feel like, he said, I just didn't feel like anything happened. And he said, I went home, and I got in bed, and he said, I'm laying in bed, and he said, I woke up in the night. He said, when I, when I woke up, I looked, and there's a man on each side of my bed, and each of them had their hand in my chest. And he said, the one on the right side looked at me and said, 
go back to sleep. We're giving you a brand new heart. And so he, had, he, he would bring all the documentation and show the x-rays and everything of what God had done to heal his heart. Well, why didn't, do that? why didn't God do that more? Why don't we believe it more? Within the Word of God is encapsulated the healing power of God. Then God gives us the power of the Holy Ghost. He gives us the gift of the Spirit. He gives us the ministry of laying on of hands. He gives us uh, uh, aprons, napkins, anointing oil. There's so many ways to get healed. You can just stumble into it if you choose to believe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Everybody lift your hands. Sound out, Heavenly Father. I thank you that your healing power is not up in heaven. Your healing power is resident in me. It's there by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it is your word that wakes it up. Therefore, any area of my body in a state of deterioration or disease, I claim what is already mine. I claim your healing power working in my body. I thank you, Lord, that from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am, I am the healed of God. And I thank you, Father, that that power in me gives me a strong spiritual immunity system. Therefore, as we live out our days in perilous times, the epidemics, the pandemics shall not come nigh me. I will stand in faith. I will speak the word. And if any symptom attacks my body, I will resist and I will take my healing by force. In Jesus' name, amen. Now lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Lord 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 God. Hallelujah. We glorify your name. Oh, how we exalt you. Hallelujah. Now, we talked about Wednesday night, the Lord gave us a word in prayer. And one of the things that word in prayer said, that things that man has initiated, man would lose control of. I sense in my spirit, he's Holy Ghost of the Spirit of God was talking to us about physical things. Man has initiated. Man has done this. Man has started this. Man has implemented this. Man is saying this will cure what we have started. Whatever it may be, there's going to be an acceleration. There's going to be a mutation. There's going to be all kinds of facets. And what they're doing is they're trying to increase fear levels. Because fear appropriates the problem like faith appropriates the answer. Therefore, you cannot expose yourself to constant information about all of this stuff that's going on and its effect. You have to expose yourself continually to the Word of God, to its ability, and in every area of your life. Now listen, this is not 
This is something that is unique actually to my generation. My dad's generation, hey, if the doctor says do it, we'll do it. If he says hang leeches on your jaw, then we're going to do that. I mean, whatever the doctor says. Our generation was the first generation to ever challenge anything a doctor said. Now, we trust doctors, and we trust they're doing the right thing. Those that are righteous. Amen. But we're the first generation that's actually, instead of giving that responsibility over to a doctor, we've taken it upon ourselves. With that responsibility, you cannot stay ignorant. There are things you need to know about diet, things you know, need to know about health, things you know about, need to know about uh, what to put in your body, what not to put in your body. There's the wisdom that the Word of God will produce. Amen. And as you age, because all of us are aging, and as you age, there is that continual wisdom that we need to walk in and flow in so we don't come under the tyranny. And let, let me just say something. This demonic world system is going to use every tyranny it can. Amen. Right now it's trying to start a, start a, you know, he couldn't get, the devil couldn't get a race war going between whites and blacks, so he's trying to do it between whites and Asians. I, if you don't believe it, just go, go watch the news a couple of times. Oh, oh, the Asians, oh, they're killing the Asians, they're killing the, come on, church. So with your health, social issues, politics, all that kind of stuff, you've got to get your wisdom from the Word of God. These are the times in which God's people must live totally by the word and be dependent upon what, what does God say? What does God say? What does God say? And what is he saying to my spirit, to me personally? How is he directing me in this situation? If you'll do that, you're going to stay safe, you're going to stay blessed, and you're going to stay healthy in the midst of this because I'm telling you, it's going to get worse, it's going to get darker, and you've got to be able to go through it by faith. Amen? Now, real quick, let's receive communion. If we, if you will, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. These are the scriptures that we use for. Let me get over there real quick. How many love the Lord? How many believe you're the healed of God? Somebody told me the other day, they said, you know, I can't find anybody that teaches on healing anymore. I said, well, we do. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22, For I've received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And if you will, carefully on one side. Does everybody have one? Let me make sure. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Everybody's good. Okay, so carefully take that top off and get your little host out of there. Hold it in your hand. He said, when he had given thanks, he break it. Everybody break it. He said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, this is something that I want to. Uh, I've never talked about this before. I've never said this before, but I think it'll help you. You know, you're fixing to taste something in your mouth. Amen? You're fixing to taste this little. There's not much flavor in it at all. There's not much flavor in this juice, but you're fixing to taste it. What is taste? Does anybody know? It is a sense. Taste is one of the five senses that's unique to humanity. So you're fixing to taste this. Now listen. We're, we're the just. We live how? By faith. So we don't allow our senses 
to give us the information. We allow the Word of God to do that. But God says in communion, what I want you to do as you celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to come into the sense realm and I'm going to give you a sensory, a sen sensory, is that right? Sensory testimony of what I've done. And what I've done is I've allowed my body to be broken. One translation says he allowed his body to be broken so he could break the power of the devil over your life. And so when you take communion, God is saying to you, Jesus' body was broken. Oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies and that you allowed our Lord and Savior to be so broken upon the cross and beaten so that we might be healed from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. And tonight we rejoice that not just the Word, but our own physical senses testify to the reality of that broken body. And in great honor of what you've done for us, in the name of Jesus, we receive of the bread. Now carefully, if you will, take the top off of the off of the juice. Now he said after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now notice he said his body was what? The bread. The bread is solid. Body is a solid. Now he gets to the blood and what's he do? He gives us the wine or he gives us liquid. Notice how he's enhancing the experience of communion. And he says, this is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye in remembrance of me. Think about all the benefits of what the blood of Jesus represents. Remember, it was, it was, it was shed seven different ways, but it was offered once, Hebrews 9, 12. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. The blood is still on the mercy seat. It still cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. It's the purchase price of the church. And Father, our own sense of taste and feel can receive the liquid and testify that Jesus Christ and His blood has set us free. So now, in great honor of the blood of Jesus and in great reverence of what He did to redeem us, we receive of the cup. Now lift your hands and thank the Lord. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.